Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Take three daring volunteers. You made eye contact. Come on, brother, in the orange. Come on, sir. And come on, Leon. <laughs> so, you guys can stand right there. not a trick. Don't look so nervous, everyone. I'm going to pour water in your cup. Simple, right? You just tell me when to stop, okay? okay. Can you guys hand me another bottle, please? You can if you want. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. All right. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Now I want to notice. Want you to notice something. All three did. They told me to stop before or it overflowed. In your mind, overflow is waste. In God's mind. It's prosperity. Open to Psalm 23, verse 5. You guys can sit down and drink the water. (laughs) It's good for you. Open to Psalm 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. Read it with me. It says, Thou preparest a, a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. You see, God greatly desires that his children live in the overflow. Go to Psalm 66, verse 12. One of the things the Lord told us in the fall of last year, that this would be a year of fullness, overflow, and glory. In December and part of January, we talked about fullness and fulfillment. But now we're about to talk about overflow. Psalm 66, verse 12, is a scripture that Pastor Andre used when he tore up the house last week. Psalm 66, verse 12, says, You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water. But thou brought us out into a what? Now, I've read, seen that scripture several times for several years, but not till this morning did I realize that the phrase wealthy place and runneth over are the same Hebrew word. So running over and the wealthy place is overflow. God wants to bring you into a wealthy place. He wants to bring you into a place of overflow. See, overflow speaks of more than what you, can currently, you currently are capable of receiving. God has a supply that will overflow anything you can handle. Well, what is that supply? Where is it? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. Now, I'm just laying down the foundation for this series. 
So there's some things and concepts I want you to see. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. And as we spent a lot of time in Deuteronomy in January and parts of February as we talked about the promised land and crossing over, we said Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. This is Moses' last sermon, last big speech before the children of Israel go and cross the promised land without him. So we know chapter 28 includes the blessings of the covenant and then the curse if they reject covenant. But part of the blessing is Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. It says, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto his land in his season, to bless all the work of your hand, and you shall lend unto many nations, and you shall not borrow. Now, we've taught about blessing the work of your hands and the rain, but notice this first part. The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure. The word treasure is a word that means treasure house or storehouse. It means treasure house or storehouse. The CEB version says, a well-stocked storehouse. The message version says, sky vaults. A storehouse is where you keep abundance. Now, you may have storehouses. It may have an abundance of good things or abundance of junk. All it is is a place where you can put things that you can't fit in your current place. It's a storage facility or a warehouse. God has a storehouse in heaven, and there are things with your name on it. How do I know that? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. God has a storehouse in heaven, and there are things in there with your name on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Say overflow. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I'm sure we'll come to this passage many times in this series. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, that just sounds so wonderful. It's great. It's like, oh, pastor, isn't that great? In that storehouse, there are things that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, that hasn't even entered into man's heart. That's true. Read verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. When it says prepared, the Amplified Classic Edition says he has made it and keeps it ready. So not only is it something in a storehouse for you, he made it for you, but it's ready for you whenever you need it. And it's not something he's trying to hide from you. He sent the Holy Spirit, and one of the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal it unto you. Now, reveal is this biblical word, which simply means to take the cover off. So people are like, oh, I wonder what's in the storehouse. If you spend time with the Holy Spirit, he will tell you and take the cover off. He's not trying to play hide-and-go-seek. Maybe you'll find it one day. It's been made ready for you. If... I'm on the way here, and so every Sunday morning, I have a nice dose of caffeine. You already know I like my coffee. And so I have an app, and so I order in advance. So when I pull up in the drive-thru, it's already made ready for me. So I can put the order in and never go and miss out on my caffeinated blessing. <laughs> I can get there 
and say, well, you know, I don't want it. Even though it was already made ready for me. What has God made ready for you that you've left in the storehouse? Say, it's made ready for me. Go to Psalm 31, verse 19. Let's look what's been made ready for you. Psalm 31, verse 19. Psalms 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is that goodness. Now, that sounds great just reading it. Great is God's goodness, right? And we think, yes, because he is good and his mercy endures forever. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, right? That's not wrong. But let me give you some definitions. This word great means abounding, abundant, and exceedingly. This word great means abounding, abundant, and exceedingly. This word goodness means prosperity. Good things, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. One more time. Goodness means prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. Oh, how great is thy goodness, or how abounding, abundant, exceedingly is your goodness, your prosperity, your good things, your property, your supply, your provision, your good in the widest sense of the word, your good to the Father's extreme, which you have laid up or reserved for them that fear or reverence you. How many of you reverence God? Some of you do. So... This, this is what's laid up for you. Abounding, abundant, and exceeding good things, prosperity, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. It's laid up for you. I didn't make that up. That's what the scripture says. Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Now, the thing is, it's great that it's laid up in heaven. It's great that it's in the storehouse in heaven, but God doesn't want it to stay there. He doesn't want you to experience when you get into the sweet by and by, oh, look, look at what's in my storehouse. Look what Jesus put my name on it. You know what he said to you? Yeah, that's your name on it. It was meant for you on earth. Heaven on earth. What's in that storehouse should manifest in your life on earth earth not waiting till you die to get there the first time you experience heaven shouldn't be when you die you should experience heaven on the earth Jesus pray that God's will is done like heaven on the earth what's in that storehouse should hit your life in the earth what happens if in that storehouse hits your life you have overflow now, the thing is, it says good in the widest sense of the word to the farthest extreme. That's more than just finances. Most people think finances because they need money. But the thing is, whatever good thing you can think of, 
that's promised to you in the scripture that you may ever need, want, or desire, or imagine in your life on the earth has already been laid up for you. If it's laid up for you, someone else can't take it. My coffee is laid up, reserved for me. It has my name on it. They're not going to give it to some random person. Why? It's made ready for me. It's got my name on it. There's good things made ready for you. It's got your name on it. Go to Malachi 3.10. Say, there is a storehouse. And in that storehouse, there are good things with my name on it. Malachi 3.10 is laying the foundation for the series. Going to carry this through April and May. Now everyone knows, oh, this is our tithe in Scripture, but pay attention to Scripture. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat or provision in my house, and prove me now, put me to the test. Here what says the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies, if I will not open you the windows of where? And pour you out a blessing. That word pour in Hebrew is also empty out. So imagine if God took the storehouse in heaven and put it over your life and just started emptying. Shaking it till everything came out. What would happen? That there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what God wants you to experience in your life. And it's available. It's not just, oh, that would be nice, Pastor. It's in the Scripture. Why am I showing you so many scriptures about it? So you don't just believe me, you believe Jesus. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Philippians 4, 19. Everyone loves the scripture. They don't all qualify, but everyone loves it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This scripture lets you know that God has a supply. But this word riches actually means abundance. God's supply for your life comes from his abundance in glory. His supply for you has already been reserved in the storehouse. Do you really think you're going to run into a need that God omniscient and omnipotent didn't know about and provide before you got there? He already knew about it. He's already prepared it. And he put your name on it. So it's not like you can go, oh, someone took what was for me. No, it's for you. What God has for you is for you. Go to Ephesians 3.15. You know, Philippians 4 talks about finances. But let's look at this phrase in Ephesians 3. This is part of a prayer. Paul prays, and I encourage you to pray for yourself and your family, for me and this church every day. Ephesians 3, 15, he's praying of, of the whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches or the abundance of his glory to be strengthened with my, by his spirit in the inner man. In this storehouse, in this abundance of God is strength. So you don't have to say, I just can't take it. My children are driving me crazy. I cannot take one more day. You have strength. 
If my boss says one more crazy thing to me, he's going to forget that I am a Christian. I can't take one more day. No, you have strength. The Old Testament says we go from strength to strength. Stop saying I'm tired, I'm weak, I can't, I can't. No, there is strength laid up for you. Doesn't matter what you face in life, what you run into, there is strength for you. Whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever you desire has already been laid up for you. Now, see, the thing is, after we understand there's an overflowing supply of anything you will ever need, want, or desire reserved for you by God, you have to tap into it. Because just because it's there doesn't mean you're going to get it. Just because my coffee's there doesn't mean I'm going to drink it. You could have an inheritance. Belongs to you. But if you never claim it, it's going to stay with the bank. And I'm sure Uncle Sam will find it. If you never tap into your reserve, it just stays there. Everyone wants to live in the overflow. You want to live in the overflow, right? But you cannot overflow if you're never full. You can never overflow if you're never full. You can't skip steps. No matter what you do, you have to hit full before you hit overflow. And one of the things we preached on New Year's, and I encourage you to listen to that message this week, fullness, overflow, glory is not just a prophetic word. It's a process. That God told us at the first part of the year to focus on fullness. How many remember that? Now, don't lift your hands. How many of y'all did that? I said, you didn't have to lift your hands. I was going to embarrass other people. Now, if we're being honest, there's some days we focused on fullness. Yeah, I'm going to be full today. And there are other days going, Jesus, you know, I know, forgive me, but help. Right? But if we focus on fullness, we'll experience overflow. Because the key to overflow is your faithfulness to being full. The key to overflow is your faithfulness to being full. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, or be being filled. Or another way, stay filled. Why would you have to stay filled? You leak. You deal with trifling people, trifling children, trifling spouses, trifling traffic. And if you said, well, I was full last year, you probably empty now. Colossians 1.9, Paul prays that we're filled with wisdom and the knowledge of his, of his will. Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word hide means to treasure or to store up. God wants you filled with every good thing, yet most of us run our lives like people run their cars on empty. I know my car. I got at least 10 more miles. I, I know my car. Someone might be riding with you like, dude, your light's on. It's not just on E, it's below E. I know my car. I got at least five more miles. 
Now, while you're on the side of the road trying to call someone to come get you because you knew your car because you were riding on empty. So many Christians live their life that way. They ride on empty. They come to church once a month, every six weeks, every eight weeks. Or they say, well, I don't really need to read my Bible. Just let the preacher do the work. So you get something poured in. But you don't pour in for the rest of the week if you come every week? You ain't on full. You ain't even half. You can't run on empty if you want to experience the overflow. My grandfather on my mom's side would tell us when he would do road trips. He would tell us when we were driving anywhere, cross country, long trips. Whenever you stop, fill up. Whenever you stop, stop off. Doesn't matter if you just filled up and you're only halfway. Fill up then. Why? You'll never find yourself in a place where you're on the side of the road because you ran out of gas. Look for times to fill up. Don't run on empty. So many of us do that. We wonder why we have so many issues. It's because you're empty. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you don't love God. It just means you're empty. And you have to fill See, in order to be full, it has to be a concentrated effort to keep receiving from God. It's a dedication to keep getting poured into where the leaks cannot drain you. And instead of leaking, you become an outflow to bless others. You have to focus on being full. Full of every good thing, full of the love of God, full of the word of God, full of the joy of God, full of the peace of God, full of the presence of God. Every good thing, you need to focus on being full of that so that you can overflow. And there may be times and days where it's more trying than others. You know what you need to do? Double up. I remember there was a point last year, I was just exhausted. I hadn't taken a break in 15 months, no type of vacation. And in that 15 months, I had my first kid. In that 15 months, I had a whole bunch of stuff going on at work. In that 15 months, I had at least two deaths in my family. I had all this stuff, and I never stopped. And so I didn't realize how drained I was until I stopped. And I stopped for two weeks. And I got to the end of that going, I'm still drained. And it's not like I just stopped and went on vacation, did nothing. I stopped, and every day I spent time in prayer, feeding myself. But the thing is, I had let myself get too drained. Now, the thing is, you have all different spiritual capacity. Your capacity is not the same as your neighbor's. As you grow with God, your capacity can expand. And so, one of the things I told you on New Year's is find out what it takes for you to be full. What does it take for you to be full? I guarantee you, if you've been saved longer than a couple years, praying in the Holy Ghost for five minutes will not fill you up. Reading a couple scriptures on your Bible app will not fill you up. Now, yes, you should have a Bible habit where you take time every day to pray and read at least one chapter of the day. But there's other days where you can fill up more. And you can just go through chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter and fill up ahead of time. We don't always need to be so reactionary to life. You can get a head start. You know Thanksgiving's going to be traumatic because your family's crazy. Fill up beforehand. And only stay as long as your spirit can bear. I already told you, your excuse needs to be, if you have to go to Thanksgiving and it's going bad, says, I have to get back because pastor needs to see me on Sunday. 
My pastor needs to see me in that chair. I love y'all, but I got to go. He'll be praying for you. Because don't put yourself in a position that you ain't ready to take. So, oh, yes, I forgive everybody of everything. I love everyone. But if you haven't perfected your love walk, don't put yourself in a position that in 30 seconds you can cuss them out. Because you've never been cussed out until you've been cussed out by a Christian who's been holding back for a long time. Don't put yourself in a position that you're going to fail. There are some people you need to love from a distance. I love you from 400 miles away. Oh, here's a text of encouragement. Here's a tweet of love. God bless you. Focus on fullness. Don't always put yourself in positions that you're going to be drained. You can see draining things coming sometimes, so fill up ahead of time. And after that situation occurs, go up and fill up again. You have to be faithful to being full so that you can experience the overflow. So a way to be filled and to overflow is to learn to tap into the reservoir or the abundant storehouse of God. Now here are a few ways you can access it. We'll cover more in the series. You can access the storehouse of God through obedience Wisdom, acts of faith, and giving. Obedience, wisdom, acts of faith, and giving. Go to Proverbs 11, verse 24. Because it'd be great if I could fly like Superman up into heaven. Or Shuri from Wakanda can make me some type of suit that takes me up there. <laughs> and I go up into the heaven storehouse, grab what I need, and come back to earth. But it doesn't work that way. So how do I access that storehouse? We said obedience, wisdom, acts of faith, and giving. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, There is that scatters, yet increases. And there is that withholds more than he should, but it tends to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered also himself. So what is he talking about? There are people who give but keep getting richer. And there are people who hold on to everything they got, and they go broke. The person who waters shall be watered himself. So when you look at the financial part of verse 24 especially, if you are a giver, you're going to keep getting richer. I don't care what happens. Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Oprah, they ain't going broke. One, they've learned how to prosper. And once you learn it, you can't take that wisdom from me. And two, they give. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, depending on the year, they may not be the richest men in the world because they're in a competition who can give away more. Not like $10, not $100, not $1,000, billions. Like how fast can we give away billions? They may be trying to give it away, but there's a law on the earth. It's going to come back to you. Oprah, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get an airplane, you get a house, you get a whale. It's coming back to her. Why? They're givers. But if you always hold everything back, thinking, well, if I hold on to enough, I'll finally get ahead. No, you're going to go broke. And it says, those who water shall be watered also themselves. 
Go to Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38. So Proverbs 11 is talking about finances when you look at the whole passage. But Luke 6.38 is a little bit different. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all shall be measured to you again. Now, when you look at that passage, it didn't say finances. It didn't say what? It just says give and it's coming back to you. So this is a universal law of the kingdom. Yes, it means give finances, you'll receive. But also give mercy and you'll receive. Give favor and you'll receive. Give wisdom and you'll receive. Whatever you give is coming back to you. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So if you give encouragement, you'll receive encouragement. If you make a decision, I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to keep encouraging people. You may not need encouragement today. But when you do, someone will find you and encourage you. Why? You sold encouragement. You being merciful to people. Instead of going off on them every time they make some type of mistake, you be merciful to them. When you need mercy, you'll have mercy. Man, you always want someone to show you favor, give you the hookup. You show favor and you hook some people up, it's going to come back to you. Whatever you sow, that's how you're going to reap. And that's one of the ways you access the storehouse of God. Sow what you need. Now, if I wanted watermelons, I can't plant apple seeds, right? Now, I got faith, but my faith is not going to turn the apple seeds to watermelon seeds. So whatever you want to reap, you need to sow. Well, I'm believing for healing. Yeah, stand on your scriptures and go pray for people who are sick. One of the things I do, you know, I believe in being nice. I believe in being generous and respectful and honoring my elders. But especially when I travel and I see older people having an issue or needing a hold of the door, I'm going to go out my way and hold the door and help them because I want someone to do the same to my grandparents if I'm not there. So I'm sowing seeds expecting that when I'm not there, someone's going to take care of my grandparents or elderly members of my family. Why? Sowing specifically and reaping. If you want to access the storehouse of God, you have to be a giver. And it's not just money. Yes, it includes money, but it's so much more than that. Because it's more than just financial resources in God's storehouse for you. I like this quote I heard from Amy Simple McPherson. She said, all Jesus is looking for is someone who can reach up in heaven by faith, feel around into the treasure chest of God, get out a treasure and bring it down here and give it to someone that can't get it on their own. Because, see, you can grow up in faith and know how to do things that baby Christians and heathen don't know how to do. But you know how to pray and get wisdom from God so you can help them in their situation. You know how to get a word of encouragement from God, you can help them in that situation. You can believe money in and be a blessing in that situation. You reach up to heaven, believe in and receive what you need, and you give it out. Not only are you blessing others, you have just sowed a seed. And you will receive a harvest of what you sow. You have to be conscious that you sow all the time. 
A lot of people have things in their life where I don't know where that came from. You sold a seed. So I don't know why people are so mean to me. Because you mean. <laughs> I just understand why no one's nice to me, because you ain't nice to nobody. Why does anyone smile at me? Have you looked at your face? <laughs> so a lot of times we have to stop blaming, well, I got a bunch of haters. No, you the hater. And you're receiving a harvest. If you don't like what you're experiencing, change what you're sowing. So you can receive what you want to receive. Just like a farmer is intentional what seeds he sows, you need to be intentional with what seeds you sow, your actions, your words. What are you doing on a daily basis? Because the power is in your consistency. Whatever you do consistently is what your life is going to be. So if you're consistently forgiving everyone everything, walking in love, being a blessing, praying, giving, showing favor, that is what your life is going to be. It's not just one day you did it. Well, Jesus, I sold one day. It was yesterday. Where is it? Because a lot of people expect God to bail them out of their trouble in 40 seconds, even though they created it in 40 years. Come on, Jesus, be my genie in the bottle. Get me out of this situation. God is not a genie. That's the wrong religion, by the way. He's fair. He's faithful. He's merciful. He'll get you out of trouble. But realize there is seed, time, and harvest. Just because you don't see the harvest immediately doesn't mean it's not coming. You have to be faithful because you know God is faithful. Acts 20.35, Paul says that the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, people read it so spiritual, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. <laughs> but think about it. We know the blessing is the empowerment to prosper, right? There's more of an empowerment to prosper on giving then there's an empowerment to prosper and receiving. Both have the empowerment to prosper on it. But why is the empowerment to prosper greater on giving? Because it brings a return. You receiving doesn't bring a return, but you giving brings a return. You receiving have a blessing on knowing what to do with it, but you giving will cause a return to come back to you. Go to Ruth chapter 2, verse 12. You have to be faithful to fullness if you want to experience overflow. Because if you want to prosper, you don't just need money, you need wisdom. Because if it, Proverbs says, prosperity ruins a fool. You might say, why, why am I not prospering? The mercy of God. Because you're foolish with your life. And if you stay a fool, God blesses you, you be destroyed. You get to heaven early, God, what happened? Have you read the book of Proverbs lately? God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. But you have to prepare for the blessing. You have to put some feet to your faith. If you believe in God has called you to start a business, before you start it, research what the business is. Research the field. Research the trends. Research the economy. Study those different things to show yourself approved. Stop saying, well, God has called me to do this. If you do no preparation, you don't believe what you said. You have to prepare to receive your harvest. You have to do all these things that we've talked about in these last few minutes faithfully, consistently, 
knowing this fact of Ruth 2.12. What did Boaz pray? He says, the Lord recompense your work. Another translation says, may the Lord repay you for your kindness. And a full reward be given you of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. So what is Boaz saying? May God pay you back. You have shown kindness. You have shown kindness. Now may God give you back kindness. May he reward you. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is not what Hebrews 11 tells us. But Hebrews 10.35 says, cast out away your confidence, your boldness, your outfrank speech, which has a great recompense of reward. Great, huge, megas, recompense of reward. Rick Renner did a study on that word, and he talks about it's the repayment of things old. It's also the equivalent of you going on a business trip and spending money for the sake of the business and getting back and they refund you what you spent. But it's also a simple translation is money is coming on feet to find you. So don't throw away your confidence because money is looking for you. Why? God is faithful and he will repay you. What does Galatians 6, 9 tell us? And let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired in doing the right thing. Don't get tired in being faithful. Don't get tired in trying to stay full. Don't get tired in showing kindness. Don't get tired in showing favor. Don't get tired in giving and tithing and all the things you're supposed to do. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. What is fainting? Stopping. You know what? I've done this for years. I haven't seen what I'm looking for. So I'm stopping. You fainted. You will not reap. And so you start saying, well, this faith stuff doesn't work. No, you didn't work. Because the Bible clearly said, if you faint, you're not going to reap. You have to believe in the faithfulness of God. See, there's an Old Testament name for God. Jehovah Gimelu. And it means the Lord who repays. That's his name. See, the thing is, you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. You have to realize that God is going to pay you back because he's faithful. Do you really think you're going to have a debt to God? That God owes you something? One, that's an affront to his goodness and his love. And it's a front to the system we put on the earth. If you sow, you're going to reap. He is the Lord who repays. He is the Lord who rewards. The old Pentecostal saying says, he may not pay up every other Friday, but when he pays up, he pays up big. He is the Lord who repays. So in your mind, it has to be serving the Lord is going to pay off. It's not, well... Nothing's ever going to happen in my life. No, 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 no. Serving the Lord is going to pay off. That's why the psalm says, fret not yourself with evildoers. They're on a slippery slope. Don't be mad because it looks like they're prospering. It's not going to last. Why? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for you. 
Serving the Lord is going to pay off. God will reward your faithfulness. God will reward your obedience. God will bless you because you've been faithful. God is looking for faithful people so he can show himself strong. He wants you to reap more than you want to reap yourself. He wants you to experience overflow more than you can even imagine you want to experience overflow. Because that's his nature. That's who he is. But you have to remember that he is faithful and he will pay you back. And the thing is, he'll do it in a way you never saw coming. You're looking all these different ways. God has to do it this way. And God sneaks up behind you. Bam, here it is. And it's exceedingly, abundantly, far above all you can ask, pray, think, or imagine. Why? That's who he is. So be encouraged this morning. Serving the Lord is going to pay off. Your tithing, your giving is not in vain. Your walking in love is not in vain. Your showing kindness is not in vain. You reading the word is not in vain. You spending time in prayer is not in vain. Your faith confession is not in vain. God will pay you back. So don't look to man to do it. That's how people get frustrated. They expect God to use this one man or one woman to get them what they've been faithful with. Because if your eyes are on them, your eyes aren't on God. Now I try my best to know every person who serves here at faith and know what they do. But there may be some things you do that I don't see. Don't try to jump and see passage. You see what I just did. I'm going to say great and thank you for it. But the thing is, your reward is not me seeing it. Your reward is in the God who pays back. Because Jesus said, your heavenly father sees you in secret and will reward you openly. You may get blessed. You go like, where did it come from? I wasn't even believing this. He says, guys, don't you remember when he signed up to clean toilets at the church? I set this up for you. God is going to pay you back greater than you can ever imagine. You start serving with kids. They got on your nerves, but you were blessing to them anyways. I'm going to love them. They're trying everything in my soul and my spirit, everything I got. They are trying it, but I'm going to smile and love them. Then your child had an issue at school, but a teacher showed them favor. A teacher said, I'm going to go the extra mile to help them. I don't know why, but I like that kid, and I'm going to help him do whatever it takes to succeed. You might wonder, wow, how did my kid get so much favor? You showed another kid favor, so God showed your kid favor. God will do it because he's faithful. So don't look for one way for it to come back. Just say every day, God, you're the one who pays me back. So I trust you and I look for a recompense today. I look for harvest today. I'm looking for overflow. I'm going to do my part and stay full till I overflow. Because if you're going through that process, you're not just going to experience overflow. You're going to mature in the things of God. You're going to be a mature Christian that God can trust things with. God wants to give people things that are greater than they can imagine, but the problem is he can't trust them yet. They're not grown enough to receive it. My daughter's too. I'm sure she likes cars. She tries to drive it as she sits close to the front seat. She'll see it. We'll, cut, we'll say we're getting ready to go somewhere. We're holding her, getting something right with her clothes, and she's trying to drive the car. She heard the song, the wheels on the bus go round and round, and 
the wheels, the horn of the bus goes beep, beep, beep. So she wants to push that horn. But the thing is, I love her. I could buy her a car, but there's no way I'm going to let her to drive it at two. Why? It's not about my love for her. She's just not ready enough to receive that gift. But if you focus on fullness and overflow, you'll grow up and you'll be grown enough to receive what God wants to give you. It's not a question of his love or his faithfulness or of him repaying. It is are you grown enough to receive it? Can God put it in your hands? Can God trust you with it yet? It's not about his love. It's are you ready? But as you focus on fullness this year, you're going to get ready. He's going to prosper you beyond your wildest imagination. You have to be grown enough to receive it. Can he trust you with a financial increase? We'll talk about this probably later in the series. God has already blessed you financially this year. Some of you know it. Some of you have seen big amounts. Some of it's been really small. But you know what happened? You already spent it. You want to know where your overflow went? Look at your target receipt. <laughs> what? You went in there to buy a roll of toilet paper. You come out with two carts full. Don't know how it happened. Where's your overflow? Look at that receipt. Go look at all the extra things you spent on this year. And you'll see, God really did bless me. I just spent it. Look over your life. Look for the blessings that God has sent your way. Look for those days someone just was nice to me. They just showed me favor. That was great. Well, you know what? God changed that person's heart. All of a sudden, there was a parking spot right for me at the closest to the store. Man, I went to the store, and only my size was on discount. You're just thinking, oh, it's just my lucky day. No, it's not luck. It's the blessing of God. You're reaping. And every time you reap, you need to say, Father, I thank you because you're faithful. And I don't know about you, but I have things out there that I'm believing for. That is beyond my wildest imagination. There are things that I'm believing in for this ministry that at this point, there's nothing we could do with it yet. But I'm believing it. I talk to it. Like, you one of those fake people that talks to things? You better believe it. I call property mine all the time. Yep, you belong to me. Because God didn't tell me how to pay for it. He told me how to believe for it. You need to call things that be not as though they were. You believe in for a specific car? Call it to you. Talk to it. You talk to everything else anyways? It's like people don't think I'm crazy. You already talk to things all the time. You talk to the traffic. You're like, come on, turn green. Come on, I'm late. Turn green. Turn green. It can't hear you. It's not going to turn green, but yet you talk to it. You talk to yourself. Well, I don't talk to myself. You go to the refrigerator. Oh, what do we have here? You're either talking to the food and the refrigerator or you're talking to yourself. You already talk to everything and you already knew what you had in there in the first place. So activate your faith and talk to the things you want. Talk to the things you need. Call it to you. Claim it based on the promises of God and thank God for it. And don't be disturbed if it doesn't show up tomorrow. Don't be disturbed. Because where the prayer of faith comes in handy, where it talks about Mark eleven twenty four, 24, you believe you receive the moment you pray. Now, if you're in your house praying for a brand new car, you believe you receive it, it's not going to show up in your room because God dropped it through your roof. That would be a problem. 
If God dropped it through your roof, now you have a roof repair, and now you have to figure out how to get that car out of your bedroom. That's not going to be the way God gives it to you, but he will cause it to come to you. You just have to be on the lookout for it. Every day you wake up, something good is going to happen to me today. The goodness of God is going to manifest. He laid it up, and he's going to manifest in front of everybody. It's coming my way because God is faithful. He is the one who pays back. He is going to reward me for my faithfulness. He loves me. He's merciful. He is good. He is kind. He is the Lord of the harvest, and I will receive everything he's promised me. My days of lack are over. I'm going to the old. Overflow, because serving the Lord is going to pay off. I'm not going to be defeated. I will not quit. I will not be depressed. I'm on the winning side. I am victorious, because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I am an overcomer. I'm in my promised land. I'm in my new season, and my best is yet to come. That's what you have to do. Every single day. Expect to harvest in this season. Expect for things to turn your way. Expect a turn of events for your way. Stop being so negative. Well, nothing good's going to happen today. You can have what you said. Expect the good. Expect the miracle. Expect the breakthrough. Watch it come to pass. Stand to your feet. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we expect it, Father. Oh, we expect it. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We thank you that you are faithful. You are trustworthy. Our hope and our trust is in you for everything. For you are our source. We thank you for reserving things for us. Laying things up for us. We thank you that in Jesus, he freely gave us everything. We didn't deserve it, but Jesus did. So he laid it up for us, and he taught us how to reap it. So teach us more in the days to come. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you revealed to us today, what you pulled off the cover today. Show us how to live it, and we ask for more in the days to come. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.